everyone, to another edition of Cavs Corner Conversations. This is Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place where Franklin Estates in the West End of Richmond, where it is still Wednesday, October the 2nd. We pulled a, uh, a fast one on you. We, we recorded two shows, uh, but this one's going to be a little bit different. This is our first conversations during the season, and I decided to do things uh, to switch it up a little bit. Instead of just recording a second pod and having the guys on, I decided to record a second pod and have the guys on. Anyway, so what we're doing tonight is we're, we're or as you listen to it today, uh, we're, we're going to look back at the questions we had in the preseason, and we're going to kind of revisit those and sort of uh, not necessarily grade or judge where UVA is, but kind of just have a conversation about it, right? You know, very, um, very on brand for this uh, for this uh, podcast. Um, we got David Spence, who is in Fishersville. We got Justin Ferber up in Reston, uh, who are both on the show. Uh, Justin's actually going to be. God, I don't. It feels weird to call you Justin. Ferber's going to be in charge of uh, flying this plane. So I will turn that over to him, and, and we will get this thing started. That's your turn to talk. Right. That's that's your turn to talk. You guys want to start with offense <laughs> or defense? Surprise uh, me. Yeah, you won the coin toss. Do you want to? <laughs> you want to kick? You want to receive? It depends. Do I get to kick an onside uh, kick in the second uh, half? I, I, I want to well, play all, in my that was actually, the field. It's funny that you mentioned that because that was like a really weird. I don't know if they showed it on TV, but that coin toss is really weird because it was like uh, they they won the toss. Notre Dame did deferred, and then um, it was like. UVA said, "All right, we'll take this side. We'll of take the this field. end of the field." Yeah. And then Notre like, Dame guy, the, ball? the Notre Dame guy was like, uh, "Are we kicking? <laughs> like, <laughs> what are we doing?" All right, so I'll uh, I'll say that we we elected to receive, and we'll start with offense. Um, first big question was, "How is Alameda Zacchaeus' ninety three catches and nine touchdowns? How how will those be replaced?" Uh, well, we talked about it. I mean, it was kind of like we kind of had a consensus that it wouldn't be one guy; it would just be a uh, a conglomeration of everybody, right? And different people were mentioned, but it, it seems to me like, and you guys can pick up, but uh, it's really just been, you know, Hassis Dubois and Joe Reed have really, you know, done a lot of the heavy lifting, which we kind of expected. Yeah, I think I think Reed and Dubois being the two guys who were the most likely, or seem, excuse me, being the two guys who have done the heavy lifting seemed the most likely. I think I'm a little bit surprised at how willing the staff has been to lean specifically on them and not try to get the two H back types going. Right. It doesn't seem like they've really yeah. made a whole I mean, lot of I mentioned that specifically. Effort. It was kind of like they really haven't gotten those guys going. Yeah. They haven't and it doesn't look like that's been a focal point for them, right? They don't seem like, you know, you you you, you like if you look at the power uh, the pro, the power, the pro football focus numbers and snaps, like neither Kemp or Kelly play a lot of snaps. And I know that that O played a lot of snaps because he was so productive. And, you and you know, we joked about sometimes they'd be like a random third down and they wouldn't have him on the field. But you don't even see, like, the jet sweeps and things that you've seen in the past. These guys, they just don't – they're not running a lot of that. Now, that might be something that we see after the, the bye. But to this point, I guess the thing that surprises me in terms of our preseason – um, discussion isn't necessarily that it's been Dubois and Reed or even that they've been very productive. It's been how much of the offense has leaned on them. Dubois is on pace for yeah. like 75 catches or, or uh, Reed, I'm sorry, is on pace for like 70 plus catches or something like that. Which is crazy because he had 23 yeah. or whatever it was last year. Yeah, it's 25, I think. Yeah. yeah. Like, and almost all of those were touchdowns, it felt like. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much to add to I think Dubois and Reed have, have done. Excellent. I mean, I think, you know, I had intention, intentions of, uh, I mean, 
I had belief that uh, Reed was going to have a big year, as you know. I'm a big Joe Reed fan. Um, Dubois has surprised me with his consistency, and I think both of them are going to end up playing the league next year. Um, but yeah, the like they've they've Joe Reed's kind of done the out of the backfield role that OZ played, and I think he's done an okay job of it. Um, he's had a couple big plays, and they ran a, a nice fake off that in the Notre Dame game. Um, but it's the it's the, it's the jet sweep. Like you know, OZ would do that like every fifth or sixth snap. It felt like, and even if it was fake ten times out of you know nine times out of ten, it definitely held the linebackers and held everyone a little bit. So I'm surprised they haven't figured out a way to work that in. And I won't yeah, be shocked, to especially see that with the running the game week. problems. Yeah, exactly. Like I think we'll see that pop up in the bye week, even if it's a running back doing it. And I think adding that jet sweep motion and kind of slowing everyone down would be good for the offensive line. Yeah, uh, I mean, so it seems like with, with OZ, would you say, how would you say the? I mean, without looking at the numbers specifically, because I don't have them in front of me, uh, how would you guys say that the receiving group is doing, you know, obviously without OZ, like how do you feel like this group compares to last year's? Because I was a little worried that it was going to be too big of a loss for them to make up with just giving everybody more touches. But it seems to me like they really are, are at least on par or close to where they were last year. I mean, Bryce, I forget how many touchdown passes he has, but, I mean, Dubois came up with a huge play against Notre Dame. Reed had his own touchdown, and Reed, I believe, is tied for the lead in touchdowns with Wayne Talapapa, who has a bunch of rushing touchdowns. Um, I'm kind of surprised with – and and to mention the fact that one of these other guys, Jana, Brissett, uh, Kemp, Kelly, Chapman – I mean, they've all had, like, flashes here and there, but none of them have really broken out. So even with that, it seems like they're kind of doing okay for what for what they have, you know, even without OZ. I wanna, I'm curious about something. Do we think that part of the reason Alameda – I mean, I think a lot of us, um, myself included, a lot of folks thought that the offense ran through Alameda in part because he was obviously the best receiver in school history, right, the most productive at least. But I wonder, in hindsight, if maybe part of the reason that he was able to, to shine so well is because they did have Reed and Dubois, right? Like, if if we think about it in terms of, like, leverage, right? Like, like you have an Alameda Zacchaeus, and you can put a lot of leverage uh, on, on a defense. But maybe when you have a Reed and Dubois who can kind of handle, um, you know, some of the possession stuff and some of the downfield stuff, I, I just wonder how much of that played a role. I'm not saying that, like, you know, 30% of his catches are because he was playing with some talented dudes elsewhere. I just mean in sense of like, we've seen what the offense is like without Alameda. We've not seen what Alameda was like without Joe and, and Dubois. And so maybe that's more credit to them. I, I also think though, that there's a very real chance that because they are trying to get the ball to them uh, and because it does take a little bit of a different way, like with o- OZ, you could throw him the ball at the line of scrimmage and he could turn a four yard gain into a 27 yard gain in ways that I don't think either Joe um, or Hasis can, right? Uh, that's the big difference to me. And that is that, that, that being able to, to turn a little something into a big something is the thing that this offense could really use because there were definitely times in that second half where you would really love to have a three yard pass that turned into an 18 yard gain. And UVA doesn't do that nearly as much without Alameda in the game, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Joe can do that. It's just he's so, you know, when you're trying to take the top off to make it easier to work the underneath, Joe's a good candidate to do that too. Um, so, I mean, 
overall, I think Perkins is around 1,200 yards passing right now. He's got eight touchdowns. So the passing game hasn't been terrible. So he's on pace for, what, 27, 2,800 yards passing, you know, in the regular season. Um, I think overall, to me, the, the wide receiver group, and you, if you include the tight ends, I think their, produ- their production is higher than I thought it would be at this point because I really – but for me, you know, especially when you consider the fact there's been virtually zero running game. Um, if anything, this looks more like the Benkert teams than it do- does last year's team. And some of that – like whether that's due to OZ and, and the threat he had um, helping out the running game or or just the, you know, the loss of what we lost on the offensive line last year or, or Jordan Ellis, I don't know. Um, second part of the season will tell that story, but I don't think you can say anything negative about the receiving core as a, as a whole. I just feel like we're leaving. We've got to figure out how to replace that like short one or two yard pass. And whether that's getting Brissett happy, uh, healthy to kind of be a, um, a big threat over the middle or down the field with Dubois. So you can let Reed be that guy or whether Kemp or Kelly have to become a bigger, bigger part of the offense. That's to be told, but that position to me has to be filled because I think it does help the running game. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think that I think they tried to get Reed going out of the backfield, like you said, in the first few games, but it seems like they've kind of gone away from it a little bit recently, probably just because of blocking, honestly. It's hard to you know, get him in the ball in space sometimes with those plays because it feels like the defense is kind of on it at this point. You know, They know that if he's in the backfield, there's going to be a chance that he's going to get like a little – you know, flare in the in the flat and try to make a play with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it kind of does. I mean, we saw it from the very first drive of the year. It was like, wow, they're not even trying to run the ball. They're just maybe they're just the approach they have this year is to be more pass heavy. But you have to be able to make those five yard plays. You can't just you know be going deep every time because what you end up with is a bunch of sacks and tackles for loss if you can't block. So. Yeah. What's next? That, okay, <laughs> on to the next. I'm not used. To, I'm not usually driving the car. I'm usually, you know, in the passenger seat. You know, backseat driving. Throwing things um, to drive right now. It's fun. Yeah. So the other the other offensive ca- uh, question that we had was, you know, what would basically happen with the running game, and you know, not not necessarily just about the running backs, but you know, how would the blocking work, and um, you know, who would get the carries. Uh, you know, how would they be distributed? Would it be one guy? Would it be a bunch of different guys working together? Um, I would say so far, we don't really have all the answers yet because the running game really just hasn't produced much. Even with even Perkins, I mean, I forget how many rushing yards he has on the season, but it's like less than 200 in five games. So, um, yeah, I mean, they just, the running threat just hasn't been there. And, and against Notre Dame, which is obviously, I'm talking about that because that's the most recent game and the one that's fresh in the memory, but it really just felt like that th- you know you get the ball in the backfield and you're just running into a wall of your own shirts um and then getting tackled at the line of scrimmage they had a bunch of negative plays early in that game that forced some second and 11s and second and tw- 10s and second and 12s so i mean obviously they're going to need to get going but i'll just go through the stats uh Wayne Talapapa obviously has pretty much been the feature back 49 carries 183 yards that's 3.7 a carry uh, five touchdowns, so he's been really good in the red zone. Uh, Mike Hollins had 11 for 78, all against William & Mary, uh, seven yards of carry, two touchdowns. P.K. Kyer, 16 carries for 67 yards, which is 4.2 yards of carry, but obviously not very much work. And then that's pretty much it. I mean, Lamont Atkins has three for five yards, 
Uh, Bill, you know, Jamari Peacock has one for four. Um, that's it. Chris Sharp doesn't have a carry. So, uh, yeah, I mean, what do you guys think about the running game? Uh, do you think it's possible to get it going? Uh, do you agree with how the carries are being broken down? Uh, do you feel like maybe Hollins needs to play more, or do you feel like it's just a, a blocking thing at this point? To, to me, it's a blocking thing, right? Because um, I do think there's talent there, and I think we've seen it. Um, I know I, I keep seeing a lot of cries for seeing Hollins get more carries, and I wouldn't be opposed to that. But, look, uh, let me say this. as Let me massage this as nice as I can. Remember when Ham had a big game against VMI <laughs> several right. years ago? Like, I, I'm wondering if you know, that was like we got to factor in the ago. opponent, right? Yeah. Um, Oh so, yeah, I mean that's the thing is like we Hollins didn't do that against Pitt, right? Yeah, and, but but Hollins looked good. I'll give it to him. I, I'd be happy with him getting more carries, um, but clearly what Hollins is lacking is, is pass protection because that's what we need from running backs so the off of the line that's struggling. So Atkins is by far the best pass blocker of the running back group, um, which kind of and he and he plays a lot because he he's probably get the, the best ball, receiver. Right? He's probably the best receiver of the running back group too, but because he's so good at pass block, he doesn't get to run routes very much. So. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see us use more two running back sets because I think Talopapa has gotten better in the in the pass block game. Um, but yeah, for me, until the offensive line figures out the blocking, I can't put any of them on the running backs because I do think each of them, whether it's PK or or Wayne or uh, Hollins, uh, who did I miss? Atkins. Like I think they're all capable of carrying the ball, and but it's hard. You, you can't make your own holes. Um, and whether that's incorporating little flares to the running back more often, or um, I mean, I don't th- really think you can add much more read option to it. Because look, I love Bryce Perkins, but that's not his strength. Like, he's not good at reading the defensive end. Um, I think that's more of a Brennan thing, um, for what we can see. So I, until the offensive line's better, I don't know how you can grade the the running backs too harshly. I will. Dave, you said something there a second ago um, that I want to drill into. So you said that Hollins did that against William Mary, didn't do it against Pitt. I guess my question would be: I would like to see him try. Like, I, I, yeah, understand, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're I mean, saying in terms of production, yeah. right? But for me, but I, but I think saying, yeah, hey, I just he don't needs think the there's because he's more productive. <laughs> yeah, it's you know you, you got to like I saw people clamor for him to be in against Notre Dame, and I wouldn't mind it either because I don't think he can hurt. But I don't think you can base the your rationale over just because he did it for Wade Mary. They should be playing him. Um, so yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it either. Well, at this point, right, and not to not to eat my own dog food here, but I mean, I just did a story the other day about redshirting. Right, he's he's gonna play. He you're, you've played him. He's playing on like a bunch of special teams units, so he's gonna play. I, I don't think it hurts them um, to get him some looks. If nothing else than to set up so that he can get some level of experience. Now, I understand what you're saying, both of you are, I mean, the idea that when there aren't any holes, you, you can't make chicken salad out of it. Um, but that being said, like, he is the one guy who has both burst and strength. Um, you know, Talapapa is, I think, a, a, very, a solid runner. I think PK is a solid runner. I think Hollins has something that's a little different. And I feel like... If nothing else, you get him some touches here and there, if, if for no other reason than just to see what happens. Now, I understand where you're coming from on the pass blocking side of it, but UVA can't just abandon the run um, because this one guy 
you know, this running back doesn't pass block very well. Um, it wouldn't, and I'm not, and look, I'm also not one of these people who thinks that you should just, you know, move, you know, for the, for the running plays look like this for the deep, for the, for the, uh, passing plays look like that. I understand you can't, if you, if you only run him, if you only, if you, he only runs the ball when he's in the game, you can't really play, you can't really do that. Right. Um, although Chris Sharp, whenever he's in the game, it's a passing play. Um, but I just think that the kid is good, is too good and the, and your, and your running game is too porous, right? Um, that it, it makes no sense not to try him. And I'm thinking that when they come out of this bye week, I mean, I'm going to be really surprised if he doesn't get something. Now, for all we know, there are things, there are other reasons, right? We don't get to see practice. So in practice, he might not be performing very well. You know, he could be fumbling the ball in practice, right? We don't know. So, like, we have to assume all things being equal, right? So if there is some other issue, okay, fine, we didn't know. But in terms of what we've seen and what we do know, it doesn't make any sense to me that you wouldn't get him some touches even if you even if you do know that like okay he can't play 25 snaps a game can he play 10 can he play 11 because yeah. even a handful of those runs would go a long way to helping out an offense which literally right now cannot run itself out of a wet paper bag yeah i mean i don't think it's it's not something that you can't just try i mean you could just throw him in there for a series and see what happens right i mean or a few plays here and there and you know maybe Maybe you run some play action off of it where it kind of, you know, they think it's, you know, designed for him and it doesn't go to him. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if if the the carries he got against William & Mary are a function of the what was going on in that game and the fact that it was a blowout and they just wanted to, you know, throw him in there garbage time or if they were really trying to get him some work um, for the future. I mean, it seems like it was probably the former, but – that doesn't necessarily mean he can't he can't play at some point, but that to me doesn't mean that Wayne isn't doing like he. I think he's he's doing the best he can with with what he's got right now. Um, I, I don't know I, I don't know if he's not hitting the ceiling for this running game. I honestly think part of it is uh, you know Jordan was was good at you know getting the ball and going, but a part of his success was built on the fact that the defense always had to be worried about Bryce running and and right now I think. You know, they probably game plan for it, but it seems like the way that games are playing out, you know, if if he's not running the ball in the first half, they probably just kind of forget about it, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, it is. And it, but, like, the running game, the offensive line is part of it, right? But when you go back and look at the numbers from Notre Dame, we didn't run the ball that much. Um, if you take Bryce Perkins' rushes out of it, there was only 15 carries between – Joe Reed, Wayne Telepapa, and P.K. Kyer. Um, now, P.K. lost a yard on two carries. Wayne was 10 carries for 31 yards. So, I mean, 20 non-total rushes because Perkins had 16. So the running backs aren't getting a lot of chances. Um, so at some point, there's got to be some balance there. And, I mean, maybe running the ball more because we have seen that the, when you look at the grades, like the offensive line – does have some good games of run blocking. And when they have decent run blocking, they tend to have better pass blocking. Um, to me, it's just volume and, and it's willingness to do it. Uh, I mean, I do think at times, like, look, I'm, I think Robert and I is, is fine as our offensive coordinator. I'm not going to get into that debate tonight um, because I've, I've said it before. To, if your team can't run for three yards when you need it, it's hard to be a good OC. Um, but I do think, we do at times get a little enamored with passing just because it seems easier. Like we abandon the run because they don't work the first few times. Um, so, I mean, I think the running backs need not only more, maybe we need to, 
you know, just see what the other guys can do too. But we need to see what any of them can do with bulk, you know, with with quantity of carries. For yeah. didn't you say you Agreed. had a third? Didn't you say you had a third question? Was that offense or defense? Uh, it's actually kind of both, but I guess we can just save it for the end. Okay. Um, yeah. So let's switch to defense. The the big defensive question we had was replacing Juan Thornhill. Obviously, one of the defense's most productive players last year. Joey Blunt was going to be back at the other safety, and then you had Brenton Nelson back, but he plays a lot of nickel corner. So uh, that was one of the big things that the defense had to address because really, uh, I mean, they bring a lot back in other spots. So uh, those that was the biggest loss, I guess, from from last year to this year. So uh, just you know, to get the conversation going, it seems like Devontae Cross has been a, a pretty big part of this defense, and and Joey Blunt actually hasn't even really been the starter technically uh, in a lot of these games. So. Cross has played a lot. Um, Blunt and Nelson have played a lot. Uh, Chris Moore has played a little bit. What do you guys think about the, you know, the replacing Juan? You know, do you feel like he's he's being missed? Uh, how do you feel like the secondary as a whole has, has played? Go ahead, Dave. All right, you want me to go first, Brad? Um, I mean, I do think we miss Juan. Um, not not in as bad of a way as we potentially could have, because I do think Cross has played well. And Nelson, you know, when he plays safety, has done well. I think we, we've missed Juan's tackling ability. Um, I think Joey Blunt's a great, you know, a great young safety. And Cross, has, considering how many different positions he's played in the last calendar year, he's a lot further along than I expected him to be. Um, but they are missing, you know, there's been some missed tackles on the back end. Not just those guys. There's been other guys, too. Um, I... I I hesitate a little bit to call out a safety for missing a tackle because usually they're catching a guy when he's at full head of steam and they're the last dude. So it's a, it's a little easier to see, right? Um, but yeah, obviously, if you, if you had Juan with this defense, it would be great. So um, I think they've done an admirable job of replacing him. Um, Nick, Nick, as I've said before, like Nick Howell with the DBs has gotten to a, a Tony Bennett with a point guard situation with me. Like I just trust they'll be decent. And look, I mean, given. Given all they had to replace, you know, not just Juan, but, you know, Quinn the year before, like we haven't seen a major drop off from the secondary and that that's a credit to the players and the coaches. I would say that Juan was the piece that I expected them to miss the most. And I've been pleasantly surprised. Um, I will say, though, that the coverage grades have not been as good. And I'm listen, I understand that pro football focus is not the end all be all right. Like we use them, but that doesn't mean. You know, like it's not like if Rivals has a kid that's a two star doesn't mean that that kid was better. It wasn't better. I mean, you know, there are some we missed on. PFF is seen as the industry leader, but I mean, who you can't really say with any, you know what I'm saying? Like you can't really say with 100 degree certainty. But the coverage grades have been a whole lot lower than what we saw last year. Now, whether that's Juan by himself and his impact as a group on the group, whether that's Juan and Tim. Um, I do think Juan's ability to play pretty much anything that they needed him to play allowed them to play Brent Nelson in in the slot without missing a beat because Juan could cover so much ground. That's not to say that that what we've seen this year has not been good. It has, but it has not been as consistently good um, or as good consistently. Um, and I and I think that has to be attributable to that. That being said, I I've been very impressed with the way they've been able to move forward um, without Juan, and I think that. It's hard for me to offset the like I, I don't know how to balance the truth of replacing one is tough with the truth of 
the defensive front or the defensive front, like let's call it the front seven, has just been is, is a healthier, deeper group now than it was then. And this defense is just different. Um, this defense can create havoc um, in ways that that defense couldn't. Um, if the coverage was as good now as it was then, if the, you know what I'm saying? And, I'm, and again, I'm speaking strictly from a grade standpoint. I, I mean, I don't even know what that, what the, what the sack and tackle for loss numbers would look like. But I, I agree. I'm very impressed with the way they've been able to replace one. I think the defense as a whole is a very formidable group. And I think the fact that we, we don't talk about it enough is probably um, a heck of a compliment to those guys on that side of the ball. Yeah, when you think about it, I mean, that through five games, they've allowed five passing touchdowns. Um, when, when you consider the fact, you know, the defensive line's got some new pieces and you're replacing, you know, you know and the front seven wasn't great in run defense before, uh, the fact the secondary's done that through five games for me, it, it, you know, I mean, I'd like it to be zero, but one a game is not bad. Yeah, and I, I'm not exactly sure by looking at how where the turnovers numbers are compared to last year. Obviously, Juan was a big part of the the turnover numbers last year. He had a bunch of interceptions. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting actually. It seems like some of them are coming from the linebackers. Uh, Zane had the pick six, and and Gam had a pick. Uh, and obviously, Nick Grant had a pick six, and Joey Blunt had an interception. Uh, I think that's it though. Uh, so I mean, it'll be interesting to see if you know we get into ACC play and. And the you know the DBs start forcing more interceptions and turning the ball over a little bit more, but that is something that he brought that you know maybe they don't have a guy that specializes in creating turnovers this year, but we'll see. Uh, still have seven games to go, so uh, that takes us to the last question, which was basically you know both sides of the ball, um, freshmen that have played. Brad, I know you wrote about it this week, so maybe you should start. Um, you know, just looking at who has played. Who's already burned a red shirt? Hollins and Nick Jackson and who am I missing? Briggs, uh, Briggs, Briggs, of course, yeah. Um, and then the guys that have played but but haven't redshirted. What do you guys think about that so far? And and you know wh- where they are. Obviously, you get to a certain point with the program development where you don't want to have to be playing a ton of freshmen, but it seems like they have worked quite a few guys in. Yeah, I think they've done a good job of sort of gauging. I would like to – I mean, Wicks is hard because we, we know he's got a concussion and he hasn't played the last two games. My guess would be he'll be back for uh, the next game. Um, you know, he'll be back for Miami. Yeah. Um, but And then you have Clary who was hurt and now is not hurt. Right. Um, but Smiley and Leach seem like a reach because of sort of what's going on. I mean, it basically just really depends on the lines. I think the guy that, that they've played – some that they need to play more is Hollins, right? Um, would like to see if they're gonna play Nick Jackson. Um, I understand it doesn't if if he's not ready, but he's in the two deep, so you would like to to get him, you know, some snaps here or there if you can. But that's not. I also understand that's not how coaches think about it, right? Like they they look at it from a much more um, you know pragmatic sort of you know who's gonna help me win. And Bronco has said that several times, right? Like who's who's gonna help me win. Um, but then I think you've got a couple of guys in there that, that, I mean, I understand they're playing special teams roles and I'm, I, I'm, I'm not against the guy. Like if you've got a dude who like Hollins or Dixon or whoever, who's playing well on special teams and that's an important piece, you got to play them. I get that special and the special teams to be clear has been markedly better. Like, I just feel like they're consistent. Um, they're productive. They're every, they're, they're everything Bronco wants them to be. And so if that means playing some younger guys who are just better, that's okay. Um, I just I just would like to see more of those dudes who, if you're going to play them on special teams, get them some snaps. Um, but 
I, I can't say that there's one specific guy that um, that really stands out to me as somebody who needs to get more more snaps. I, I think Wicks makes the most sense um, because I think he can bring them a dynamic offensively that they don't have. He's a when he's healthy, he's a physical freak. Um, but but by and large, I don't know if there's anybody out there. Dave, what about you? Yeah, I mean, like uh, I, I try not to look too deep into it. Um, just because you can have situations like we appear to have with George Redmond this year, where it's just a year you need them a little more, and you can redshirt the second year, potentially redshirt the second year. Uh, Wicks, I, I would like to see Wicks get a little more action, but you know he, he's getting some special teams work when he, when he's healthy. But I don't know, you know, we just haven't had the the lead right um, in enough games to get him, Tom. But you have to look at what we have next year. So for me, when you're Looking at a number of snaps a guy's getting, it's how much playing time is he probably going to get next year. And for Wicks, I think there's potential for him to get a lot of time next year. So even if those snaps are special teams or or mop-up duty on offense, you can talk to players year after year. A few snaps gets you, makes you understand what you need to do to be ready. Uh, you can't you can't simulate it in practice. You can't get it by talking to your buddy. You've got to you've got to witness it. Um, and the guy like Hollins, like I don't expect Hollins a redshirt at all, but there's a, you know, the, the situation exists where he could play on special teams this year. And then next year he, he plays four games in red shirts um, because of, I mean, I don't think it'll happen, but I'm just using him as an example. Like they need him on special teams next this year, but next year they've got some freshmen to play special teams. So Hollins, because they don't need him at running back, potentially they could redshirt him. So I try not to read too much into it a year in advance. Um, I mean, Briggs obviously was, an, was a no-doubter. Um, and Goddard and Wicks would probably be the ones I'd like to see get as many snaps as they can, whether special teams or offense, just because I think they're going to be important for next year. Um, I'm trying to think of some other guys. Clary would be big for me, you know, him playing more. And, you know, but for the most part, like, this staff has done a good job of roster management and development. So, um Sure. I mean, I mean, I guess if there's one guy I'd like to get some more playing time, it's probably Hubbard, because I because I, I do like his upside. And at some point, and I know I've texted you guys, but at some point, if the tackles are struggling, at some point, just throw Hubbard out there, see what he does, see what he got. <laughs> I was just gonna say, Dave, how do you expect Hubbard to play with the offensive line dominating the way it's been? Dominating? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, been it's been difficult. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, for me, it's been. I kind assume of he's similar. dinged up. You know, even yeah, he's, he's played dressed. a little bit. Um, I, I think he played one game. He played um, a guard though. He was at, yeah, game. I believe it was. William I don't think Mary. he's. I don't think he's in a place like physically where they're. You know. Yeah, I mean that, that's the thing. Is some some guys you can't like offensive line. You can't have a guy that just is, cannot play out there, right? I mean. Yeah, you. Can't it's play. tough, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think that this year is very similar to what we've seen in the past, where it's like they work guys in on special teams that they think can be difference makers, and you see guys like. Uh, like, for example, Goddard and Wicks have played on offense, but they don't really have a role in the passing game. They're just kind of out there. Um, we saw that a lot with, like, Hugo Obasi last year. He played a lot of snaps, but never really got a target. I think he had, like, one. Right. Um, so, he hasn't I mean, played much this year. So he's been, been hurt. So. Yeah, yeah, right. He came back this week, though, and did play a few snaps. So, um, But, yeah, that's kind of what I mean. You see guys get kind of worked in that way at the skill positions. Yeah. Uh, Clary has been flashing a little bit on special teams, kind of, and it reminds me a little bit of how Joey Blunt, his mm-hmm. freshman year, flashed a lot on like the kick team and made a bunch of big plays, and then didn't really have a role in the defense, but eventually he did, and you kind of could look back on those moments and say, 
oh, you know, maybe maybe there was a little bit of a sign of this coming. Uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, I think you got to be pretty happy with what they've done. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure there are going to be some people that complain about Hollins playing on special teams and not being redshirted if he's not going to play running back. But if they think he can play there and make a difference, you know, special teams are important. Special teams. I mean, we didn't talk about it really in these big yeah, questions, but <laughs> special teams has been very good this year yeah. for the most part. I mean, I was they, getting ready to throw a curveball and be like, "Hey, I, I know it wasn't one of our questions, but I mean, I think we all have mentioned it at some point leading up to the preseason. We, we've got a new long snapper, a new punter. And for the most part, we haven't noticed them. Um, yeah. Because they, they've been good. Yeah, so, most people don't even realize whether, that there's two different dudes doing the snapping. Yeah. Anthony. Do you guys know which one does which? <laughs> you um, only know. <laughs> I, I did before you asked that. I Anthony actually does. I, Anthony I actually does do the know. field goals, right? It's the or other way Vice versa. Okay. Yeah. Dang it. 50 50 chance. And, and the only start. reason I know that is because I watched in warm ups. Yeah, um, Ferber and I were sitting there, we were talking about it, and he was like, Oh, so it's so and so doing the such and such. And I thought to myself, He's going to take like a victory lap on this. He's totally good. That's that's <laughs> nah, totally his MO. Nah, I mean, honestly, like it, it, it's it's hard to keep track, but um, I'm yeah. just so happy we found a role for Lee, found a role for Lee Dudley because he's the most UVA fan player <laughs> of all, of yeah. all time. Yeah, so that's true. That. Um, and then like, yeah, Nash, Nash Griffin's been solid. Uh, Brian Delaney has been, been very good. Uh, yeah. I mean, he missed a couple field goals and an extra point, but overall he's much better than what we've seen. Yeah, and the extra point I don't too. believe was his fault, right? The extra point was the, was the, it was like a high snap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, been he's been strong. good. I mean, he hasn't, he's not, he's not going to be confused with, you know, Adam Vinatieri or anything, but he's been good in that special, that, uh, Onside oh, kick. Adam, yeah, Adam Vinatieri this year. Well, yeah, I mean, like the Hall of Fame version of. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got you. I'm just not the it. not the seventy year old man. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall special teams has been very good. Uh, I think we're I four think, and one. Yeah, don't forget, guys. I just we're four wanna, and I, one. The loss to a top ten team. I didn't get a chance on to, the road. I didn't get a chance. All, to, these, all these people that are like, I won't ever let UVA football hurt me, and then and then they lose <laughs> to a top ten team and they freak out. I, you know okay. what's funny. Go ahead, Brad. Sorry. No, I was going to say, all right, two things. One, I, we all understand where that comes from, though, right? It's it's not that they lost. It's that they were looking like they were going to win. Yeah, and they, then it they was lost. Charlie Brown getting the football. Yeah, like it was It was that people were excited. We People were not – had zero expectations, and then UVA played well enough to give them the expectations, and then as quickly as they came, they were gone. Here's my other thing. I did not get a chance on the on last – quote-unquote last – or yesterday's podcast – to to talk smack to Dave about this, I just want y'all and to you know. You guys remember yesterday's? Podcast? Yeah, that was that was a long time ago. Uh, I just want y'all to know that the 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 measured Dave that you get in the podcast is not the measured Dave we get in text messages during or at right after a game. He tweeted this thing the other night talking about how he was so glad that he hadn't been on Twitter because it was you know too many hot takes. I wish y'all could see the stuff this man texts. Don't don't believe don't believe his hype. All right, don't believe his hype. He gets he gets all hot takey with the re- with the yeah, best of you. He's not like yeah, it's usually know, it's usually just the three hours of the friends. game. I can't yeah. imagine what you would have been. What Virginia you would have been. Dave, their Dave also doesn't play, air it. They're upset. That's one thing. <laughs> can we just tell? Yeah. Right, can, Twitter's can we, a different animal, man. It's not text. That's true. But but I I like how you you get on a technicality that somehow or another texting somebody is different than tweeting two people. But anyway, um, but no, can we imagine um, yeah, what Dave would have been is. like? <laughs> I mean, I know it's technically different, but you, come on. Um, can we just talk about how how Dave would have been the day after Ronald Curry, like Benedict Arnold him, you know? Like what would what would Dave have been like in text that day? And then like within well, I mean, three, four days. He, no, he no, 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 no. No, no, he's not answering that truthfully. He's not answering it. No, no. He can't he no, he's not. No. Mm-mm. Um I'm trying to remember, man, because like recruiting info is a lot harder to find those days. So true. 
But like, um, but like three days later, I mean, Dave we would have been like, "Nah, but you know, also, it's there okay." Was no Twitter to pe- there was no Twitter to be like he's he's changed hats. Like, how did people even find I mean, out? He like, did he didn't become Benedict, you know, Benedict Curry for no reason. Like, they were, they were definitely outraged. No, yeah. no, no, that's not what I mean. My point, <laughs> my, no, my my bigger point is like the hot takes you would have had right then, and then three days later you'd have been like, but you know what? Like, I don't know if he really would have fit in the offense. Maybe it's in the you know, maybe it's the good news, you know, because that's the way Dave works. Dave gets all hot, like fired up about something, and then within a couple of days, you know, he's talked himself down. He's got you know, he's got some well, points, he had, and he's done some research. Like and he's watched the replay, and I'm, I'm not. I'm actually not knocking. Yeah, it. I, I just, the, I just think it's funny. <laughs> the game know. itself, you get emotional, you think about things, and then you go like, honestly, one of the best things for me has been the ability to go back, which didn't always exist, is the ability to go back and rewatch games easily. True. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And and you rewatch, and you're like, I mean, this Notre Dame game specifically, if you go back and rewatch it, the second half is not going to be great, especially the third quarter, but. You know, damn if they weren't in it. Like even when <laughs> yeah. they were, you know, they give up the first strip sack that gets ends up being a touchdown. They're only down twenty-one seventeen. Yeah, and you never, yeah, yeah it, it, it didn't feel over. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the other thing I say about part of my Twitter disdain, man. Oh no. Part of my Twitter disdain is the people who who beat the loudest drum about so and so needs to go and so and so needs to go. Like an overwhelming majority of those are the same people who try to convince you they don't care about Virginia that's football. That's true. That's and a very they, fair point. Like if they lose. If Virginia were to be down, if Virginia was down in the first half, or they get outscored in the second half, like twenty to three or something. Um, twenty-eight the, to three. No, yeah. twenty-one to three. Twenty-one to three. So if it had twenty-one to three at halftime, they wouldn't have been chirping, right? They would have just been like, "Oh, so is Virginia. That's why I don't care," right? And because it was seventeen fourteen, they cared. So See, then I they never, thought it was okay to bash them. I never. And that's believe, what I don't like about Twitter. I never believe the uh, the people who say they don't care. You don't tweet that you don't care if you don't care. You you only go to that that website that service to say you don't care because you care and you and you you're not that there's something I think it's no, worse that's... than not caring. It's like a, it's a slight to the program. No, it's it's yeah. It's a, it, that, no, that's what I'm saying. That's what that's exactly my point. It's like there's like it's performative, right? Like it's you you. Well, want it's like to be I'm going to make a joke caring. before you do, so right. you can't make it on me and make me feel bad. Like man, this whole conversation very veered off very quickly. <laughs> but I feel <laughs> like we've, you we've definitely. Yeah, I mean it's it's true. I mean, that's true. I, I drove that's that true. drove that truck right off the off the bus. This one's just annoying because it's like just look at the bigger picture. I mean, like obviously they have problems. There's no doubt. I'm not going to try to pretend like that doesn't exist. Like they, everybody can see that the offensive line has been playing poorly true. at times. Like it deserves a lot. It, but it's not like at the end of the day, it's like they they went up there. They almost covered. Like it's not it's not even like they got outclassed. They just had minus one specific five, problem that kept them It's like it deserved a, a serious column, but not a uh, I'm in the plane above Tupelo, Mississippi with the greatest band in the yeah. world column, you know? <laughs> you know what? If, if, five year, if, UVA, if UVA continues on this upward trajectory and five years from now they lose a game like that, then you can get upset because it's yeah. like, okay, well, now we expect better, right? But, like, I mean, it's not, you know, it ain't losing 45 to 10 to Duke at home. Like, yeah, I mean, exactly. it, it, those days appear to be, at least for now, behind us. So, yeah, until the NCAA starts slowing, then never mind. <laughs> and, and that's it. And scene. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> thank everybody. Anybody, anything else for the good of the order? No, that's not how it works. Uh, all right, I want to thank all you guys for uh, coming out, and <laughs> I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you do that part. Well, the, the, that's the thing about the conversations; they're different. Thank everybody out there for for supporting the show. Hit the fanatics link that is in the uh, podcast app of choice or in the content item. Uh, thank Dave and Ferber for giving graciously of their time. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CatsCorn.com. We'll see you soon.